What's going on, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross from the Lawrence Ross Waterhead Show on RazRadioLive.com. Heard every Friday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. If they went on strike, it would be a month before anybody fucking knew about it. We ask that you please visit Teespring.com. That's T-E-E-Spring.com forward slash L-R-W-S and buy one of our t-shirts. It's only $20. $20. I wanted a peanut. And best of all, it's Phil Hendry approved. This is from a guy named Lawrence. Lawrence, you're a good kid. Lawrence is a nice kid. He don't have no eyes. So act now, ladies and gentlemen, because you only have until March 3rd to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Shut up and take my money. Remember, that's teespring.com. T-E-E spring.com forward slash L-R-W-S. RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth.
And the world continues to spin around us as we all uh, take the journey that it puts forth for us. You are listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. It's another Tuesday. I hope you guys are ready to 
to share some information, talk about the weird things going on around us. <sighs> I fiddled with uh, some settings, so anybody out there listening, let me know if it sounds all right. I'm trying to dial everything in. You'd think after three years, almost, I'd have it all dialed in. But of course, it's never over. It's never ending. You're always trying to dial it in. I hope everybody had a great week out there. I know I had um, uh, an interesting week. You know, my boss was on vacation last week. It's uh, it's always a little nice when you when you have a little more freedom and a little more openness to what you can do, and you kind of control your day. Uh, and that's that's how it was for me this past week. So it was a nice week. I, I'll tell you what, though, man, that cold would not go away. It was reluctant, man. I just I'm still got a little bit of phlegm and stuff in there. Uh, you know, I, I don't get why it's still, still happening that I'm, I'm still coughing this stuff up, but it's almost gone now. I'm feeling better. Uh, I'm not as uh, congested as I was last week. I don't know where to start tonight. I don't know if I want to start medically or if I want to start police or if I want to even try to address ISIS and ISIL and Al Qaeda and uh, all those crazy people out there. I think we're all on about the same page with, with that situation, with those people. At least I know where I'm at with them. I don't, I don't know where you guys are, I guess, really. I can't really, can't really say where you guys are. Uh, you know, it's funny though, I listen to, to people on the radio, and, uh, they'll be discussing current stories that are coming out, and, uh, oh, it's just amazing that they're, they're hearing this. And of course, they'll make comments. Oh, you watch the conspiracy guys will all come out and say how we told you about this, and <laughs> they get their their day in the sunlight. <laughs> uh, hello. If you're talking about it now, it's in mainstream media. Obviously, we are going to say, "Hey, we told you about that. We told you that was coming. We told you they were working on that. We told you they wanted to do that." So yeah, guess what? We were right. We did know what we were talking about. I don't know. I, I, I when people are proven what they're saying is is you know coming out and and being seen, you know, in, in mainstream sources, you have to give them credit at that point in time. You know what was what was MK Ultra for? What was their goal? Well, they, they wanted to control the mind. They wanted to implant ideas, uh, thoughts, plans into people's minds and be able to activate them at a later time, making them a, a weapon of some sort. Okay. I think we can agree that that's what MK Ultra was. Will holidays soon be uploaded to our minds? Now, of course, they're saying in the next 50 years, Dr. Michio Kakao, if you guys don't know who that is, that's the uh, scientist that you'll see a lot, kind of crazy grayish hair. Uh, he's either uh, he's Oriental or Hawaiian or, or some one of the, I, mean, I think he's Oriental. Uh, he reveals how we could use our brains in the next 50 years. His, he reveals his theory on how we may control our brains in the future, including implanting memories to make us think we've been on holiday. Uh, it could also send our minds to distant worlds to control surrogate robots. Hmm. 
surrogate robots. We'll be able to manipulate our surroundings with programmable matter. So, is it movies imitating life? Or is it life imitating movies? Do scientists see the ideas of uh, genius writers and authors, screenplay writers, do they see the work of them and go, hmm, I think we'll try that. Let's make a movie about that. Or do they hear crazy conspiracy theories of how they're trying to control minds of people? How they want to implant ideas. And then they make the movie, and then eventually it comes out that that's, you know, was going on. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But it's a good question, I would say. What comes first, a chicken or the egg? The movie or the theory or action? I don't know. It's very reminiscent of, uh, of uh, Total Recall, of Surrogates, the movie, with Bruce Willis. That didn't really work out too well for him. And neither one of those movies did it. I think when we start playing with the human brain, trying to manipulate it, control it, we run into problems. We don't have the intelligence level as a race, as a being, to even even think we can understand that. It's just like playing with the weather. Weather modification, weather control is beyond our beyond our conceptual understanding. Or maybe we have a conceptual understanding of it, but it's beyond our ability. About beyond our actual intelligence. And when we think we're succeeding at it, we're actually making things worse because we don't know what we're doing. Is that a possibility? All questions that you need to ask. Because if we've got people talking about these things uh, coming down the pipeline in 50 years or less... It might be uh, what we've been talking about. I mean, let, let's really think about that. You know, because we don't talk about things and just make it up and, and, and hope that eventually somebody else confirms what we're talking about. That's not how it works. It's not how it works at all. We, we research things. We, we read what scientists that, yes, do support our views talk about. Because why, why would we listen to scientists that don't support our views? That's a catch-22. Could these scientists that support my views be trying to make a lot of money? Yeah, of course they could. I would say that the scientists that push the, uh, the things, the opposite on my side tend to make a lot more money than the scientists that support me, though. I guess I could be wrong. But maybe I'm not wrong. Because, you know, we we talk about a lot of different things here. And we've talked about water fluoridation for a long time. It's always been a, a, a topic that we pass over at some point in time. We've had guests. 
talking about water fluoridation, how dangerous it is, how it affects different processes in the human body. I locked my cat out of the studio and he's having a tantrum out in the hallway. If you can't hear him, I can hear him in my headphones. I don't know about you guys. So, yeah, we've been talking about fluoride for a long, 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 long time. Well, what comes out today from the Telegraph? Fluoride, yeah, let's try that in English. Fluoride in drinking water may trigger depression, weight gain, warns scientists. Wait, wait, what was that? Depression and weight gain? Hmm. I think uh, we're 75 to 80 percent fluoridated in the USA. Now this story is out of England. We're 80 to we're 75 to 80 percent fluoridated in this country. We also happen to be the uh, most obese country in the world. Fluoride could be causing depression and weight gain, and count wait. Fluoride could be causing depression and weight gain, and councils should stop adding it to drinking water to prevent tooth decay, scientists have warned. Remember, this is the Telegraph. A study of 98% of GP practices in England found that high rates of underactive thyroid were 30% more likely in areas of the greatest fluoridation. It could mean that up to 15,000 people are suffering needlessly from thyroid problems, which can cause depression weight gain, fatigue, and aching muscles. Last year, Public Health England released a report saying fluoride was a safe and effective way to improve dental health. But new research from the University of Kent suggests that there is a spike in the number of cases of underactive thyroid in high fluoridated areas, such as West Midlands and the northeast of England. Lead author Professor Stephen Peckham Century for Health Services Studies said, I think it's concerning for people living in those areas. The difference between the West Midlands with fluoridates, which fluoridates, and Manchester, which does not, was particularly striking. There were nearly double the number of cases in Manchester. Underactive thyroid is particularly nasty thing to have, and it can lead to another, to other long-term health problems. I do think Councils need to think again about putting fluoride in water. There are far safer ways to improve dental health. In England, around 10% of the population, 6 million people, live in areas with a naturally or artificially fluoridated water supply of 1 milligram fluoride per liter of drinking water. Now, one thing they don't touch on here, and we have touched on this before, there is a very big difference between natural fluoride and artificial fluoride. So that's an important thing. When people say, well, there's natural fluoride in water. Well, yes, there is natural fluoride in water. It's natural fluoride. It's not a byproduct of, uh, I want to say the fluoride, the sodium fluoride used right now in water supplies is a byproduct, I want to say aluminum manufacturing. I might be wrong. It might be the coal plants, but I, I know it's, it's one of those. I, I, right now I can't remember off the top of my head. 
But you guys know, you can look it up, you'll figure it out. It's right around that realm somewhere of where it comes from. It's not natural. So there is a big difference between natural and uh, man-made or, or unnatural fluoride. Uh, where, where was I here? <clears throat> so anyway, I think you get my point. Oh, there it is. Uh, the researchers compared areas to records from 7,935 7, general practices covering around 95% of English population in 2012-2013. Rates of high underactive thyroid were at least 30% more likely in practices located in areas with level, uh, fluoride levels exceeding 0.3 milligrams. Fluoride is naturally occurring mineral found in water in varying amounts depending on the region, and it is also found in certain foods and drinks including tea and fish. It helps combat combat tooth decay by making the enamel more resistant to bacteria. But previous studies have found that it in, inhabits the production of iodine, which, which is essential for a healthy thyroid. Now, remember also, uh, there's a lot of talk of it being uh, the pituitary gland that is highly affected by water fluoridation. So there's many things that it's troublesome that they're uh, putting in our products, that they're that they're subjecting us to, without our permission, without our consent. I do not consent. Do you? Are you enjoying uh, water fluoridation? You wonder why maybe you have a hyperactive thyroid. Why maybe uh, you know, your body aches all the time. I don't drink tap water. I don't even do it when I make coffee. Well, when I make coffee at home, unfortunately I do. But when I make coffee at work, which I drink most of my coffee at work, it comes from there. It, com- or, um, it comes from, uh, from a jug. It's so, it's, you know, not tap water. I guess is what I'm trying to say. That makes any sense to you at all. I don't know. I just, uh, another thing we've talked about that is now coming to light yet again. How many more times do we have to talk about things and they come to light to prove that we were right? I mean, doesn't that get tiresome? So you guys out there that, that believe in this stuff and know this stuff and talk about this stuff and believe in it. I said that twice, didn't I? Yeah. Doesn't it become tiresome to you to continuously know and learn that you were right? Doesn't that bother you? I want to leave you guys going into this first break here with this little clip that a buddy of ours, Scott Ledger, shared. Speaking of, he did uh, get his gig, so make sure you check his Twitter and Facebook. Off the top of my head right now, I can't remember. Uh, During the break, I'll try to pull it up. Uh, He will be doing a morning show. Congratulations, Scott. Very glad to hear it. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we'll hear some DC. uh, Either on the weekends there or maybe... uh, Maybe over here. Who knows? But think about... Yeah, I was afraid that was still playing. This stupid page I got open keeps replaying this story. It's driving me nuts. It doesn't drive you nuts when things just do their own thing. Don't listen to what you tell them to do. So would you take a job with the NSA? I don't know if I would or not. So why do you think I should work for the National Security Agency? Well, you'd be working on the cutting edge. 
you be exposed to the kind of technology that you wouldn't see anywhere else because we've classified it. Super string theory, chaos math, advanced algorithms. Code breaking. Well, that's one aspect of what we do. Oh, come on. I mean, that is what you do. You guys handle 80% of the intelligence workload. You're seven times the size of the CIA. We don't like to brag about that, Will. But you're exactly right. So the way I see it, the question isn't, why should you work for the NSA? The question is, why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't I work for the NSA? It's a tough one. <laughs> but I'll take a shot. Say I'm working at the NSA and somebody puts a code on my desk, something no one else can break. Maybe I take a shot at it, maybe I break it. And I'm real happy with myself because I did my job well. But maybe that code was the location of some rebel army in North Africa or the Middle East. And once they had that location, they bombed the village where the rebels are hiding. 1,500 people that I never met, never had no problem with, get killed. Now the politicians are saying, oh, send in the Marines to secure the area because they don't give a shit. It won't be their kid over there getting shot, just like it wasn't them when their number got called because they were all pulling a tour in the National Guard. It'll be some kid from Southie over there taking shrapnel in the ass. He comes back to find that the plant he used to work at got exported to the country he just got back from, and the guy who put the shrapnel in his ass got his old job because he'll work for 15 cents a day and no bathroom breaks. Meanwhile, he realizes the only reason he was over there in the first place was so that we could install a government that would sell us oil at a good price. And, of course, the oil companies use a little skirmish over there to scare up domestic oil prices. A cute little ancillary benefit for them, but it ain't helping my buddy at two fifty a gallon. They're taking their sweet time bringing the oil back, of course. Maybe they even took the liberty of hiring an alcoholic skipper who likes to drink martinis and fucking play slalom with the icebergs. It ain't too long till he hits one, spills the oil, and kills all the sea life in the North Atlantic. So now my buddy's out of work, he can't afford to drive, so he's walking to the fucking job interviews, which sucks because the shrapnel in his ass is giving him chronic hemorrhoids. And meanwhile, he's starving because every time he tries to get a bite to eat, the only blue plate special they're serving is North Atlantic Scrod with Quaker State. So what did I think? I'm holding out for something better. I figure, fuck it, while I'm at it, why not just shoot my buddy? Take his job, give it to his sworn enemy, hike up gas prices, bomb a village, club a baby seal, hit the hash pipe, and join the National Guard. I could be elected president. It's actually the, the very definition of terrorism. They're trying to kill people for a political agenda. It's just, you know, a nicety. So, uh, yeah, just keep in mind, guys, that the news agencies are not there to tell you the truth. They're there to tell you what they're told to tell you. You're still stuck to the American dollar, and you're still stuck to American laws. I still want to have the freedom to go where I want to go if I need to go. Uh, I think that's the most important thing in my mind, at least. And this goes along... If this is going to be another cum... Cum trail. I've got lesbians, and he's got cum trail. Okay, why don't you just move along? Animals get in the way when you're doing a radio what show. What I think is gonna, they're going to have to redirect the American's mindset. <laughs> that would have been even more fun. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> I want you all to keep your eyes open and your ears open on what's going on. It's the first 52. Yours. And that's reason on the 
Have you ever called into your favorite talk radio program only to encounter this and felt like this? That never happens when you dial 941-421-0401. At RazRadioLive.com, we answer right away. And pow, you're live on the air talking to one of your favorite hosts. No screeners, no delays. Try it now. 941-421-0401. And avoid... 941-421-0401. If you're a new listener or a seasoned veteran, don't be scared. 941-421-0401. We welcome all. We know how it feels to be ignored. RazRadioLive.com It was a calm, cool night in the streets with things are gritty in the lounge on the east side of town in New York City. Where the rich show face in the air is something sleazy. Suit and ties get away from their wives, the women easy. An upscale atmosphere with some wallow, consumed by material life inside the hollow. Like the chick at the bar smoking on a cigar quick. Her heart pumps fast as they're sharp as guitar picks. She sees a man with another skirt, the type to triple her net worth for making your neck jerk. And that's a goddamn shame. Cause she was packing a nine and a crime was no game So I'm ducking to a restroom Followed two and lick shots as the bass went boom She can't remember how she got in this place Took a look in the mirror but didn't recognize her own face When I'm singing, my heart's bleeding for someone else So what I'm seeing, I'm leaving up on the shelf When I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming More like love at first sight Around midnight We might just see a bar fight It never fails Now that Mickey's out of jail He was Jimmy's friend The one that left the phony paper trail Heard he got cold feet So we got off the street But he was in too deep The man was never the same And now his new thing Looks like alcohol and cocaine And in the streets that's fresh But up in here this place It's nothing but stress Can a man be changed In an insane world The crazy man this place that's known to steal your soul. I hope you brought your suitcase. Or was it just too late to go back in time before his chick blue face? When I'm singing, my heart's bleeding for someone else. So what I'm seeing, I'm leaving up on the shelf. When I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming of somewhere else. I got my reasons, I'm not leaving this for no job on the side needed extra cash but still not enough he started moving packs no need for crack this place was upscale ecstasy and coke were number one on the sale 
scales No worries about jail He had cops on the books One week he had you fixed As well as the crooks But tonight he was shook Caught by the devil's eye Red dress blowing smoke Hand resting on his eyes Shine like diamonds in the sky He stopped for a minute But had to keep moving And adding up the digits He was trying to live it The American dream A life full of schemes Obtained by any means He tried to up the profit By trying to mix it up But the word on the street Is that it wasn't good enough Joe met him at the club Said they had to talk Just come with me Let's take a little walk Walk When I'm singing My heart's bleeding For someone else So what I'm seeing I'm leaving Up on the shelf When I'm sleeping I'm dreaming Of someone else So I got my reasons I'm not leaving this To no As I took the break, I, I thought about some things, contemplated where exactly I am in my life. Where are you in your life? Do you know where you are in your life? I mean, it's, it's a question we should all ask, isn't it? Don't you want to know where you are in your life? And as I think about where I'm at in my life, I'm probably at one of the best parts I've ever been at. Got a beautiful wife. Got a great kid. Got a good job. Might not be the best job in the world, but it's a good job. It pays the bills. I enjoy it. I've got good family. I've got good friends. I don't get to see them enough, but I got good ones. Am I at a good place in my life? I'd say yes. I hope you can say the same thing. And if you're not, what can you do to fix it? Only you can fix it. I can't fix it. I, I, I can't do anything to fix your life for you. Only you can do that. So I hope that's something you think about when you wake up. What can I do to make my life better today? What can I do to continue to have the good life I have? And I hope it doesn't equal selling out. I just want to throw that in. If you don't know, our buddy uh, Lawrence... Blind Lawrence, good guy, does the uh, host of the Lawrence Ross and Waterhead show on Friday night, 7 to 9, right here on Raz Radio. He's done a great job. He put a nice shirt together for his show uh, and, of course, for the station, the LRWS show shirt. Uh, I would highly suggest checking it out if you haven't yet already. Nice design, helps promote the station, helps us pay some bills. Uh, teespring.com forward slash LRWS. Give it a check. Maybe you like the shirt. It's, it's 
very nice design. They did a great job with it. So, and I appreciate them trying to uh, help the station out. Florida police officer suspended for slapping homeless man. If you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, you would have seen this video uh, yesterday at one point in time. If you haven't seen the video, it's of a 58-year-old man and a, I think he was 32-year-old cop. The man was at a bus terminal. Uh, probably wasn't. Uh, he was probably drunk. He was probably on something. All right, let's be honest. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just elderly and sick. An investigation is underway after a cell phone captured an incident between a Fort Lauderdale officer and a homeless man at a Broward County bus terminal in downtown Fort, La- Fort Lauderdale. In the video, a man identified as Bruce LeCar, wait, LeClaire, 58, walks by the person who caught the entire incident on camera. The video shows Officer Victor Ramirez close behind. Seconds later, Ramirez shoves LeClaire to the ground. Relax, Ramirez says. I'm telling you right now what is going to happen. You're not supposed to go pee here. The two men go back and forth for a few minutes, a few times before Ramirez is seen trying to grab LeClaire's arm and slapping him. I'm not expletive around with you. I'm going to assume that was fucking around with you. Ramirez is heard saying, Don't explicitive touch me. Don't explicitive touch me. Ramirez then turns LeClaire around and arrests him. There was a bunch of commotion, said Gerald Scordor, whatever the hell her name is, who said he saw the slap. Uh, he said he saw the whole thing started after Ramirez told LeClaire to leave the bus terminal. Apparently words were exchanged and LeClaire said he was going to use the bathroom first. The guy didn't raise his hands to the officer at all. The officer just knocked him down with his hand. The guy was defenseless. There are signs around, uh, signs posted around the terminal of Broward Boulevard and Andrews Avenue that warn people about loitering. What's unclear from the video is why LeClaire was told to leave in the first place in the minutes before Ramirez seems to lose his cool. The Fort Lauderdale Police Department said Monday night that an internal investigation has led to Ramirez being relieved of duty with pay. Well, of course, with pay. Uh, LeClaire was arrested on trespassing charges. He was released from jail Monday. Now, if you haven't seen this video, uh, you know, the guy is, uh, maybe he's a little belligerent. Maybe, you know, he, he's cooperating for the most part. He's walking. He's, he's been asked to leave. And he says, I got to pee on the way out. So he wants to go to the bathroom before he leaves. And at that point, the cop shoves him to the ground. There's some words exchanged back and forth and i don't i don't know if he was reaching for his hand but you can clearly see the officer slap the guy across the face a 50 i mean i guess not my grandpa now but i mean think about it this is a 58 year old man in the state of florida if you assault a 55 year old i think it's it's a 55 or 65 i think it's 55 that's considered a felony battering an elderly Maybe it's 65. I don't know. Whatever it is. Either way. It's just uncalled for. Let the guy go pee. If you want to make sure he leaves, you wait by the door. Politely escort him out. Be the bigger man. If you haven't seen the video again, it is on my Facebook, on my Twitter. Uh, the Free Thought Project has it up, of course. Cop Block has it up. All the, 
All the normal guys. All the normal places go find, uh, police assault videos. Of course, it is also on, uh, clickorlando.com. So, it's made it to a bigger outlet point, which is nice to see. Let's stick on that same theme for a little bit, too. Uh, you know, gotta do my cop bashing. What would it be? It wouldn't be Raz if I didn't do that, right? So what we're going to do, let's start with this one. I think this one is is very relevant. Uh, we've been fighting this 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 drug war for what are we on 25 years at least now? I mean 85, 84, 85 the drug war started. Uh 30 years? No. Could it be 30 years already we've been fighting this stupid drug war? There's more drugs on the street now than ever before. I guess we're winning that war too, just like the war on terror, right? Well, I guess when you're when you're supplying the product or the bad guy, the war never ends, right? I mean, can we? Uh, how other could how else could we look at it? Bombshell interview: Cop reveals that planting evidence and lying are just part of the game. This is in Palm Beach County, Florida. Imagine that, Florida. Uh, one of the advantages of living in Florida is all the crazy people move here to make sure you've got a lot to talk about. Journalists at the D.C. Post were looking through message boards that are frequented by law enforcement officers when they found a post where one officer was actually casually talking about planning evidence on mouthy drivers and street lawyers. The post, the post then contacted the officer and conducted an anonymous interview with him where he revealed his disturbing perspective. The officer revealed the illegal and unethical action that he is proud of taking on the job. The DC Post has also said that they have verified the officer's position with Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office and they have verified many of the claims that he has made. The original post was titled Tricks of the Trade, Let's Exchange and featured the following message. Now this is the actual message from this this post, this this uh, blog post, you know, comment group thing for cops. I have a method for getting people off the streets that should not be there. Mouthy drivers, street lawyers, assholes, and just anyone else trying to make my job difficult. Under my foot mat, I keep a small plastic dime bag with cocaine residue. Since it's just residue, if it is ever found during a search of my car, like during an inspection, it is easy enough to explain. It must have stuck to my foot while walking through Sandcastle Castle. Anyways, no one's going to question my empty baggie. The residue is the key because you can fully charge some asshole with possession of cocaine, heroin, or whatever just with the residue. How to get it how to get it done? I asked Mr. Doe for I asked Mr. Doe for his di- identification. And when he pulled out his wallet, I observed a small baggie. Small baggie, a small plastic baggie fall out of his pocket. You get the idea. Easy, right? Best part is those baggies can be found lots of places, so you can always be ready. Don't forget to wipe the baggie with the person's skin after you arrest them because you want their DNA on the bag if they say you planted it or fight it in court. Now let that sink in for a moment. How many people have claimed they never had a drug? How many people claimed that it was planted in their vehicle? 
Officers on the board responded by sharing similar stories about how they falsely arrested people who don't adequately bow to their authority. Later in the interview, when the officer was asked if planting evidence happened regularly with his department, he responded by saying, um, yes, it does, on a regular basis. Probably every day in my shift. I work nights on the road, uh, road patrol in rough, uh, mostly black neighborhoods. Planning evidence and lying is your, in your reports are just part of the game. So I didn't know people's lives and futures and, and possibility of being happy was just a game. It's just part of the game. Yeah, I screwed that dude's life up because he didn't follow my orders precisely. Yeah. So he went to jail for a few years, lost his job, lost his wife, couldn't see his kids anymore. Eh, that's just part of the game. It don't matter to me. Then straight from the horse's mouth, the officer said that his crooked behavior was actually encouraged by the drug war. Continuing his discussion about planning evidence, the officer said, Yes, all the time. It is something I see a lot, whether it was from deputies, supervisors, or undercovers, and even investigators. It's almost like you have no emotion with it, that they attach the bodies to it. They're going to be out of jail tomorrow anyway. Nothing is going to happen to them anyway. One of the consequences of the war on drugs is that police officers are pressured to make large numbers of arrests, and it's easy for some of the less honest cops to plant evidence on innocent people. The drug war inevitably leads to crooked police and quotas further incentivized, incentivize such practices. It doesn't help that your higher-ups all did the same thing when they were on the road. It's like a never-ending cycle, like how molested children accept that as okay behavior and being molesting, molesting child, children themselves, and begin molesting children themselves. Wow. He's comparing law enforcement officers planning drugs on innocent people, or I'm sorry, mouthy people, as the same as child molestation. But let that sink in. The same as child molestation. Our top boss, Sheriff Richard Bradshaw, supports this behavior and has for his entire career. As with anything, it depends on who you know in our agency. Last year, we had three deputies on the TAC unit. Uh, Kevin Drummoner and Jared Foster. That's two. Not three. Good editing, guys. Get caught falsifying information for a warrant. They got a pat on the back for a job well done. Just recently, we had a deputy. I think his name was Booth. He was caught completely lying on car, on a car crash. Back a few more years, our sheriff was involved in a massive cover-up of the death of two black deputies. He hid the report for years. This is only the beginning. The sheriff has been involved in falsification of documents and his underlying chief deputy, Michael Garage, has been personally involved in an overtime scandal to steal money from the sheriff's office. 
Does our sheriff know about this behavior? Of course he does. We have even had a judge outright accuse my agency of committing fraud, fraud upon the court in a public hearing. She was one of the ones who saw through all the lying and covering up our department does to get away with the inter- internal crime committed by deputies on a regular basis, he says. Not to say it again, but I told so, right? I mean, come on. You got this guy admitting it. He's been verified. They're they're harming innocent people. Remember that saying, just don't break the law and you can breathe? How accurate does that remain? Think, I, I, it, it dumbfounds me. I just don't, I don't get it. It completely dumbfounds me. All this stuff just spilling out left and right. Continuously new stuff spilling out left and right. And we still have to argue with people about whether it's happening or not. That's what's frustrating. That's what makes me angry. We're still having the debate on whether cops plant drugs on innocent people. We're still having a debate on whether there's a police state. We're still having the debate on whether vaccines are damaging. Or maybe even cause autism. These debates are still going on. Today, I had somebody on my Facebook, somebody I went to high school with. I'm not going to get into a fight with somebody on Facebook about this. But comment on one of my anti-vaccine posts about how try living a life with a, a... child that catches diseases from your anti-vax child very easily. Are you kidding me? I'm so over that. I'm so over that that attack. Oh, you're a you're a non-vaccinated kid is a threat to my vaccinated child. No, he's not. First of all, if my kid gets sick, I keep him home. Second of all, If measles has been eradicated, which we know is not true, then I shouldn't have to worry about him even getting it. And again, if he gets it, I'll keep him home. It's that simple. Really not brain science here. If this disease is coming back, why is it coming back? Is it shedding from the Vaccines? Is it the vaccinated people that actually endanger your child? I don't know. We've had that discussion. And as this debate goes back and forth, we all know that they throw uh, Dr. Tenpen or uh, Dr. Uh, Wakefield up in the up in our face all the time. Dr. Wakefield. Dr. Wakefield. He was arrested. He lost his medical license. The British courts found him, you know, that he lied and was fraudulent. All right. They'll throw that on our face constantly. Problem is, is that's been proven not true. That's been proven a lie. Or maybe not a lie. Let's say it was proven as a mistake. The courts made a mistake in Britain. Is that possible? 
British courts throw out conviction of autism vaccine MD Andrew Wakefield, co-author, completely exonerated. What does that mean? Well, it basically means that the British courts have given Wakefield's associate back his medical license. Now, the guy was retired anyway, but he wanted his license back. That's Professor John Walker Smith, who was uh, Wakefield's assistant in in those studies. That was the 1998 Lancet MMR paper. And, you know, raise the question of is there a link with autism? Hmm. So in a stunning reversal, world-renowned pediatrician uh, and gastroenterologist Professor John Walker-Smith won his appeal against the United Kingdom's General Medical Council regulatory board that had ruled against both him and Andrew Wakefield for their roles in the 1998 Lancet MMR paper, which raised questions about a link to autism. The complete victory means that Walker Smith has been returned to the status of a fully licensed physician in the UK. Although he had already retired in 2001, six years before the GMC trial even began. Justice John Mitting ruled on the appeal by Walker Smith, saying that the GMC panel's determination cannot stand, and I therefore quash it. He said that it that its conclusions were based on inadequate and superficial reasoning and, in a number of instances, a wrong conclusion. The The verdict restores Walker Smith's name to the medical registrar and his reputation to the medical community. This conclusion is not surprising as a GMC trial had no actual complainants. No harm came to the children who were studied and parents supported Walker Smith and Wakefield through the trial reporting that their children had medically benefited from the treatments they received at the Royal Free Hospital. What's the point of this story? The point of this story is you've lost your ammunition to attack the anti-vaccine community. Do not throw Wakefield in my face anymore. It's not there. The evidence shows they did nothing wrong. The evidence shows that they found a possible connection. The evidence shows that children benefited from treatments that these gentlemen gave. So that debate, you know, at least on that case, is over. It's over. You can't, you can't use that anymore. You can't throw that up in our face. And I think it's great. It makes me feel good to see him restored to the medical profession. What they deserve. And now Wakefield hasn't been restored yet, but I'm sure in light of that whole situation, he will be. And I'm damn proud for him. Now that's that story I wanted to play, damn. Just keep that in mind. These things will continue to come out and move in the direction of us being right again. I hate to keep saying it, but it's true. We're right. As we talk about vaccines, let's just uh, go over this one here briefly. 
yellow. It's loading still. Of course, it's it's going to load. It's going to take forever. I'm sure we'll have a let's talk some marijuana when we come back. How's that? Because I mean, we got some federal bills there. Uh, maybe we could uh, come up with something uh, interesting in that conversation. Be nice to see it uh, made legal and not. Not have to keep fighting for something that we all just want to do and enjoy life with. I don't want to hurt anybody. That's not the point. We'll get into that, though, when we come back. Last I checked, Chris Christie isn't a doctor. So it's surprising that he's offering advice about vaccines. What isn't surprising is that the advice is so bad. Asked about the 14-state outbreak of measles that has been linked to falling vaccination rates, Christie, who prides himself on chin-jutting certainty, went all squishy, urging balance between the concern for public health and a parent's right to choose. Not every vaccine is created equal, he said, and not every disease type is as great a public health threat as others. So which ones aren't public health threats? Polio, which used to paralyze and kill tens of thousands of American kids per year? Whooping cough, which results in the hospitalization of half of the infants who contract it? Measles, which still kills nearly 150,000 children worldwide each year? This isn't the first time Christie gave aid and comfort to the anti-vaccine crowd. In 2009, he embraced the utterly debunked here. fallacy that vaccines cause autism, saying that he stands with parents who want to pick and choose vaccines. But as Christie surely knows, or should know, vaccines can't be taken cafeteria style. A community needs a vaccination rate of about 95% to provide what's known as herd immunity protection from disease for the handful of people who can't be vaccinated for medical reasons. New Jersey is barely scraping by with a 95.3% rate, and some of its counties are below the safe threshold. And after a media backlash, the governor's spokesperson was quick to walk the statement back. But no sooner had Christie gone quiet than Senator Rand Paul, who is a doctor and should know better, piped up. I've heard of many tragic cases of walking, talking, normal children who wound up with profound mental disorders after vaccines. He's wrong too, as physicians who aren't politicians immediately responded. <laughs> it's dangerous. There's some pandering happening. I don't know why he's saying this. The, the and of course he backpedaled. So. The science doesn't bear that out. I'd be curious what drove those comments. For now, the misinformation campaign from the anti-science crowd shows campaign. no sign of ending. Right. The only ones benefiting from this are the viruses themselves. <laughs> America's kids, meantime, are paying the price. Yes, paying the price. Be scared. Be very scared. Be very afraid. The vaccines will kill your children. Or the, uh, the, 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 the disease that hasn't killed anybody in a very, very long time will kill your children. The number of measles cases in the U.S. has reached 154, according to new numbers released Monday. Between January 1st to February 20th, more than 150 cases in 17 different states have been reported to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. The majority of these cases are tied to an outbreak linked to Disney California Adventure Park in Anaheim, California. Some have blamed the latest outbreak on parents who don't vaccinate their children for measles or anti-vaxxers. And the CDC reports 
that a majority of the people who got measles were unvaccinated. All right, I'm going to stop there. So we know we've had 157, 150 cases in 17 different states. Further along in the story here, they talk about how uh, the in 2014, the U.S. experienced a major outbreak of measles that totaled 383 cases and was primarily spread among an unvaccinated Amish community in Ohio. Now, we get these numbers and these facts and these figures, right? But they can't give us a number of how many people. I want the exact percentage. I want to know how many people were really unvaccinated. And if you can't confirm whether vaccinated or not, I would probably waver on the side of they were. But, all right, let's let's waver that they won. Or, or let's not include them in the final tally. I'm tired. I'm tired of the vaccine fight.
What's up, Reds Radio fam? It's your man, Wayne in Baltimore, and I'm doing my thing live on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I bring you the chocolate drop on RazRadioLive.com. Join us as we play music, talk sports, politics, and whatever's going on in the news. And um, chances are you might learn something. Chances are you won't. So join me and Joe from Maine on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RazRadioLive.com. Oh, and by the way, no devil music.
maintain control. Do you really think this all started out in a cave? Do you really believe that it's our freedom they'll save? Is it possible there's another plan and they're paving the way? Is it too far-fetched to think our leaders wouldn't misbehave? Have you looked at what they promised us and what they gave? Why do we invade Iraq if the terrorists were Saudis? And why did Bush and Bin Laden have stock in the same companies? And how the CIA already know about these guys? They were taking classes at flight schools right in front of their eyes. Able danger tried to warn them over 70 times. But every time they tried, they got permission to not. Looks like the boys of pop simply refused to fly. That's why the information was consistently declined. If they intercepted the plot, there'd be no vine to unwind, no chance to enact the plan, and no reason to invade Iraq or Afghanistan. So I build this collapse into their own footprint. I'm going back to redact original blueprints. PNAC, learn the acronym, please. It means project for a new American century. Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me. It's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quotes. We need a new Pearl Harbor. Demand a new investigation, and they tell you to shush. But what they don't tell you is World Trade Security was owned by Marvin Bush. And that two weeks before, they evacuated several floors. What the fuck were they doing there behind closed doors? Just a routine inspection. They weren't planning explosives. Sorry, there's no video. It's already gone through deletion. And it's too difficult to ploy for them to follow to completion. Well, I'm here to ask certain characters questions. It's about time the character comes into question. Like, who appointed the commission to investigate 9 11 and how come it doesn't even mention what happened to world trade center 7 how could a third building implode if it wasn't hit by anything and why the bbc report the fall 20 minutes early the only way they could have known is if someone already knew watch a reporter report the shit with the building in plain view go ahead check out the video google it on youtube so while buildings collapse into their own footprint i'm going back to redact original blueprints pnac learn the acronym please it means project for a new american century written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me. It's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quote. We need a new Pearl Harbor. How come six months before Silverstein bought the World Trade? Was it the 500 million in insurance claims? And how come he didn't show up for work on that particular day? He even admits that demolition was the decision he made. Specifically to pull it was the call that he gave. But to line explosives, you need at least several days. Well, if that's the case, that's the smoking gun. Just ask the scientists about all the thermate they found and how it's only used in demolitions to bring buildings down. And why does it look like a missile that hit the Pentagon? If it wasn't, so were all the plane parts that crashed to the ground. And why'd they have to confiscate every camera around? How come Cheney gave the orders for NORAD to stand down? I can hear the whistles blowing and the sound is getting loud. Like jets a hundred miles away, breaking barrier sound. That's why Bush just sat there. He thought it was another practice round. So why buildings collapse into their own footprint? I'm going back to redact original blueprints. PNAC, learn the acronym, please. It means project for a new American century. Written by Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, and the Dick Cheney. They're eradicating Muslims in the name of you and me. It's a part of their coup. It's a call to arms. That's why they wrote it in quote. We need a new Pearl Harbor. Jordan Page, you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio. Who was I to make you wait? Just one chance. 
Yeah, I gotta say, listen to that uh, MK Ultra song. 9/11 is one of the biggest ones that, that we just gotta get to the point of eventually. Why can't we get to the point? Why can't we expose the truths behind that? Are we gonna have another president in two years, year and a half, year, whatever it be now, that was involved? With the creation of 9-11. Remember that project for a new American century. There was another signer. That nobody thought would really matter at this point in time. And who was that signer? Jeb Bush. Think about that. That's a problem. You know, we another thing we talk uh, a lot about. And I'm not going to go down the chemtrail path, Dave. All right, so just relax before I even get started here. I know you're sitting there waiting for me to talk about chemtrails. You can harass me. Your harassment is not accepted today. Okay. Uh, On February 7th, we discussed how that uh, fiddling with the temperature data is the biggest science scandal ever. I don't know if you guys will remember that, but another Telegraph article talking about how numbers were played with when it came to the weather and what we're looking at. And, of course, where did it go? <laughs> I hate when I lose things. I had it all ready to go right beforehand. Here we go. Now we have reports that the Republicans uh, are to investigate climate data tampering by the NSA, by NASA. Are government climate agencies tampering with climate data to show warming? Some Republicans think so. California Republican Representative Dana Rohrabacher says to expect congressional hearings on climate data tampering. He tweeted, expect there to be congressional hearings into NASA altering weather station data to falsely indicate warming and sea rise. Rohrabacher serves as the vice chairman of the House Science, Space, and Technology Committee, which has jurisdiction over NASA and other agencies that monitor the Earth's climate. Now, listen, this wouldn't really be a big deal to me uh, if it's not the hundredth time we're seeing reports of of climate manipulation, of, of data manipulation, just like we see with vaccinations, uh, just like we see with the 9-11 investigation, uh, just like we see what we see with a lot of different things. They They finagle the numbers. They play with the data. They just give what they need to give to get what they want. And it's being investigated. Now, everybody's going to say, it's a left-right argument. Don't worry. No, this is an important argument. Because they're going to... All right, maybe I will go the chemtrail route, Dave. Sorry. They're going to push solar radiation management, geoengineering on us, which is going to do more harm and more damage to the population of this planet. But that's going to be their solution. That's how they're going to fix it all. So we need to get the proper data. We can't have this hockey stick argument. We can't have this, oh, you deny global warming or climate change or global cooling or whatever the hell it is we're calling it nowadays. Yeah, what's his face? The, The science dude, the real smart, nerdy dude came on and said to make sure you don't call it global warming uh, because we got to call it global cooling. Or we got to call it climate change right now because, you know, how how can we argue global warming when the freaking entire country is covered in snow? Oh, I know, that's just, 
That's just regional weather, right, guys? Yeah, I, I know. Regional weather. I understand. Records being broken in regions um, all, all around the world. That's okay. It's, it's, all, it's all right. I'm not in the mood for that argument tonight anyway. Uh, we got a couple minutes, you know, we got a little bit of time left here. Uh, 941-421-0401. If you want to throw your two cents in, you're always welcome to give me a call. Or you can just listen to me rant and rave and, uh, you know, talk about how global warming might be man-made, but it's not you and me driving our trucks that's causing it. Let's leave it at that. How's that sound, right? Two bills to federally legalize marijuana were just introduced into Congress. On Friday, February 20th, U.S. Representative Jared Polis and Earl Blumenauer introduced two separate bills in Congress to legalize adult-use marijuana at the federal level. Polis' bill, the Regulate, Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol Act, would let states choose to legalize cannabis without any fe- fear of federal intervention. The bill would put a federal regulatory structure in place to accommodate the new law. Blumauer's bill, the Marijuana Tax Revenue Act, would tax cannabis sales at the federal level in addition to any state and local taxes. Well, I don't know if I like that one too much. I don't mind the first one. sounded pretty good. Uh, that second one, uh, a lot of taxes there. Before you know it, it'll be like gas. Four states have already legalized marijuana use for adults over 21. Colorado, Washington, Alaska, and Oregon. Why is it all the cold states? Can somebody explain that one to me? Why are all the cold states the one that want all their people to be stoned? I mean, it's real, I guess it really sucks to live in those cold states and they figure, listen, just get, it's, it's winter time. Just go get high, relax, take a breather. Yeah, we, we won't bother you for that because we know it sucks living here because effing cold all the time. That could be why, I guess. And 23 states and Washington, D.C. allow medical marijuana use. 11 more states have restrictive medical marijuana laws in place, allowing the use of low THC forms of marijuana, usually high CBD, to treat certain medical conditions. As noted in Polis website, more than 213 million people Live in a state or judicial, ju, judicious, judicious, you know what I'm trying to say, that allows some form of legal use of marijuana. That's 213 million people can legally use marijuana in some way, shape, or form. That's a, that's a good thing. I'm not against that. The Obama administration has implemented a turn the, che- the other cheek sort of policy when it comes to statewide cannabis legalization. The Department of Justice, Justice issued a memo stating that federal prosecutors should not interfere in any state legal cannabis operation. Using limited investigation, investigative and prosecutorial resources to address the most significant marijuana related cases. So, we, we've got two federal bills here. One's pretty decent. Um, basically they just want, they, they just want to legalize it. If the state doesn't want to legalize it, it doesn't have to. But federally it'll be okay. Now that, you know, have some good battles, I'm sure, as that ensues. States going, I don't want it legal. 
And the nice thing about that is it's legal on the federal level. It's no longer a felony. I don't believe a state can make something a felony. So that's a good thing. I might be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. But I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So let's move forward. Let's grow up. Marijuana is not something we should be putting people in jail over. It's just not. And if you, if you could even think that it was, I mean, I just don't get that. If you think it's something to be put in jail over, give me a call, 941 I'm sure the people listening to me don't find it something worth putting people in jail for. But even when you see, you know, states that have legal marijuana, you still see, uh, you know, cops getting their, their due lickens in. You know, Colorado just recently there was a young man and unfortunately for this young man, he was under the legal age to have marijuana. I think he was 16. In the video, the cop, you know, beats him pretty bad over a joint. Over a joint. Really? Is that any reason to assault someone? So even in these states, we still see them trying to get their uh, their uh, grimy little paws onto somebody. I don't know. I saw a really good video. The au- the audio is horrible. Uh, Free Thought Project shared it. Is that a snake around his neck? Yes, but that's irrelevant. Watch him school this cop. The audio uh, is not very good, and that's why I'm not going to play it. But it is a very well spoken young black man. I think he said in the video he's 27. And there's a cop writing him a ticket for having this boa constrictor around his neck. And he just, oh, it was, it, it's really good when you can hear what's being said. Cause he knows the law. He schools this cop completely. And the young black children around him know what he's talking about. And he's, I guess, educated these guys. That's good. That's how, you know, be educated. Be smart. You can use that to your advantage. So yeah, I would check that video out if you haven't seen it yet. I again, it's probably on my Facebook. Well, it's not even probably. It's on my Twitter or Facebook somewhere. If you want to go digging for it, uh, it's a little old. It's from April, but I I was really impressed with how the guy handled it. It's well, well, well worth the viewing. Oh, what do we want to cover here? You know. I think I'm about done for this evening. You know, we got, uh, what do we got tonight? We got Bob Tuscan, 9 to 10. And then, of course, Gonzo Radio after that. Make sure you check that stuff out later on this evening. Some replays will be playing. I want to sh- uh, thank the show with no name. They just, uh, tweeted out their archive from this past Saturday where I gave them a little phone call and visited with them, welcomed them to the station. You should start hearing them in the replay schedule here as things move forward. I'm trying to bring on new shows. Uh, whether they be podcasts that we replay or uh, live shows from other stations. I want to fill the hours and ensure you guys are entertained. Uh, yeah, I am going to be bailing a little early this evening. I'm kind of worn out. I've been sick for a while. And I know the family's out there waiting to eat dinner with me. So I think, with that said, I bid you a farewell. I hope you guys have a great evening. Remember to always just think about it. Don't accept everything you hear as fact from the start. 
Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. We'll talk to you next week. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying to get through in this world, always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes, but it takes a long time. Dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real They tend to be fake When I'm risking it all With no time to waste Fuck this rat race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination Sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided Through the beautiful, the silent With the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the unknown Please don't go Day one, I've been in this alone With arms stacked against, I've been drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me, Allie, don't ever look back Keep your eyes on that prize and give them hell to your death This is a test, just a frequency check For intelligent life, now's time to connect With the sunset hung behind us In the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided Through the beautiful, the silent With the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the Free.
Love you guys so much. Thanks. The first 52 is the bump diggity. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross from the Lawrence Ross Waterhead Show on RazRadioLive.com. Heard every Friday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. If they went on strike, it would be a month before anybody fucking knew about it. We ask that you please visit Teespring.com. That's T-E-E-Spring.com forward slash L-R-W-S and buy one of our t-shirts. It's only $20. $20. I wanted a peanut. And best of all, it's Phil Hendry approved. This is from a guy named Lawrence. Lawrence, you're a good kid. Lawrence is a nice kid. He don't have no eyes. So act now, ladies and gentlemen, because you only have until March 3rd to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Shut up and take my money. Remember, that's teespring.com. T-E-E, spring.com, forward slash L-R-W-S. RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth. Cement, the concrete's alive, where the bonds are formed, the rats run and hide. Drama's like a cartoon that comes to life, where the express bus runs twice a night. To the stadium that's packed every Monday night. To the yellow cab driver that helped make your flight. Where you can get what you want if the price is right. And screaming fuck you's another way to be polite. Just a few perks when you're in my zone This is where I'm at and this is where I'm calling home 